Welcome to Platform Church Rested Life Conversations. Platform is a young, dynamic, multidimensional church. We offer inspirational, practical, and relevant teaching that is applicable for your daily living. At Platform, our teaching is relevant to people of all ages, race, color, nationality, and of different socioeconomic backgrounds. At Platform Church, we believe that the rested life is a reality for us. For more information, visit platformchurch.co.za. Enjoy the rested life conversations. Now, here is your host, Darlington Steve. And so today we want to look about the frontiers. What does it mean when we say you are a frontier? Because you need to understand that the life of Christ does not just only make you a small boy. No. The life of Christ we're talking about, and this is why many of the times uh, we see ourselves as believers that we become very attracted to the things of this world because for lack of a better word, the church has not been able to appropriate the life of Christ properly to us. We think that the life of Christ is a life of manage. We think the life of Christ is a life of just living a subjugated life. We think the life of Christ is always constantly binding the devil, fighting your enemies from your father's house, killing the devils, or probably trying to attack one person, attack the other. As much as that is also good, but that's not just all about the life of Christ. The life of Christ is rulership. The life of Christ is multiplication. The life of Christ is fruitfulness. The life of Christ is dominion. The life of Christ is subduing the nation. The life of Christ is everything good that you desire. I want you to understand this, that one of the things of the life of Christ is everything good that you desire. And so because of that this morning, the title again one more time for those of you just joining us now is called The Frontiers, which means The Frontliner. Make it a part three, because it's still a part of Christ. And so because of that, let's look at the scripture. Romans 8, verse 19. Romans chapter 8, verse 19. The Bible says here, it says, For the endless expectations of the creation, they say, is waiting for the manifestations of the sons of God. The earnest expectation, what is this scripture making us to understand? That this world where you and I, we are currently sitting, where you and I, we are living, this domain called earth, it says for the creatures, they are waiting for us to manifest. They are waiting for us, which means when you find darkness glooming the earth, it's a clear indication that God is looking up to you currently now for you to be able to solve the problem. Because when it says that for the endless expectation of the creature, it says, waited for the manifestation. I think in the new, in the NIV, give me an IV of that one. It says, revealing of the sons of God. The revealing of the sons. But guess what? We can only be able to be revealed properly if we literally know our parts to play as the sons and daughters of God. Because the reason why most of the times, and I'm going to say something about somebody this morning, and please hear me, I'm not a partisan. I don't belong to any party. I have people who are from ANC, PDP, DA. My wife once told me that. I think she said, I can't party, is close. But all the party, I'm, I'm for Christ. As long as you are Christ-like, I'm for you. I'm not, I'm not there. But what am I trying to say this morning is the fact that if we are to make dominance on planet Earth, hear me, we have to represent all mountains. If we are to make the life of Christ to be very visible and accepted, we have to represent all mountains. Thank you so much. Let's look at it again one more time. It says, for the creations, it says, wait in eager expectation. That's the word I'm looking for. Thank you. It says, it waits in eager expectation. Which means currently, hear me now. Every born again child of God currently listening to me in South Africa. The South African nation is waiting for you to come. 
is eagerly waiting for you to show up. I know you may think that things are not going the way, but hear me, they are still waiting for you. That is a life of Christ that guarantees you not to be a backbencher, not to always remain at the seat, but for you to show up yourself in the corridors of influence and begin to take what belongs to you. It says, for the creations await eager expectations for the children of God to be revealed. They are waiting to be revealed. The moment Christ came to you, the moment you accept Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, a species on your inside begins to develop and the world is waiting for you to show up. The world is crying. All the GBV, the attack, the violence, the xenophobic, Afrophobic, name all the things that you don't like. Hear me. The world is waiting for you to come solve the problem. It is waiting for you to come solve the problem. Let's look at another scripture again that is very important for us to see this morning. In the book of Isaiah chapter 9 from verse 6 and 7. Isaiah chapter 9 from verse 6 and 7. I'm going to read this scripture just to give you, to brought us a particular point that is needed for us to do this morning. And I was sharing the point with my wife a few minutes ago. Isaiah 9, 6 and 7. It says, for unto us a child is born. It says, and unto us a son is given. It says, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. Please mark that statement. The government, which means the government of this nation, the government of Nigeria, the government of Zimbabwe, the government of Malawi, the government of Ethiopia, the government of all the 54 African, 54, 55 African countries. It says, shall be upon his shoulder. It says, and the name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Now look at what verse 7 says. It says, of the increase of his government and peace, he said, there shall be no end. Of the increase of his government and peace. Remember, Romans 8, 19, we've just read, that the world is waiting, the creation is waiting for us to manifest. He says, it's in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. But guess what? This is where I've noticed something, and I posted it a few minutes ago. Many of us are praying for revival to take place. We are praying for the corruption to go down. We are praying for things to change. But guess what? Especially we as believers have noticed that. But when God decided to send our Nehemiah, we find a way of attacking them. <laughs> we, for strange reasons, it's either we attack them or for strange reasons, we don't just understand what they are doing. And because we are too slow to factor in that place called check people's story and check people's progress, we then attack them. We then attack them. And I think this, this for me was very interesting. I, 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 I woke up this morning, I was saying to my wife, I said, I just discovered that this very particular man here, you, you all will know the man when I put his picture. This, we all know this man very well. We woke up this very particular, I woke up this morning, I don't know when, when the announcement came in. Um, I woke up this morning and I was looking at, uh, what's it called, um, former Chief Justice McQuen McQuen. And this is where it begins to get very painful because we are going to talk about the frontiers now. And I give you those two scriptures for you to understand that as we as a church, the frontier's possibility is in us. And I'm going to give you from the acronyms of frontier for you to see the possibility of what a frontier carries. Hear me. Every born again child of God is not called for you to sit at the bench and watch things happen. You're supposed to be an active player. Look at your living departing. So if you come and you tell me as a believer that because you are afraid of going to the front and that because the party is corrupt and the corruption will turn you, then you will really never found Christ. You really never found Christ. Because Christ came into, the, into this world full of sin and yet participate. He never participated in any of the sins. I'm angry this morning a bit because I want us as believers for you to understand 
that the life and the ability and the personality of Christ does not permit you to be at the backside, does not permit you to remain at the quarters, does not permit you to always be an area boy when you can be a godfather, does not permit you for you to always be crying and be begging and yet an opportunity or a door has been opened for you to be a frontliner and you says, no, I'm not going to do that because why? It's a corrupt thing. And you wonder why the, why the country currently now is decaying. You wonder why African currently now, we don't even know where we are going to because why? We have decided to make ourselves feel as if this thing called earth is just a figmentation of somebody else's thought. And the reality is not currently in our lives. We need to understand, it says here in Isaiah chapter 9, it says, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. The government of media shall be upon the shoulders of every born-again child of God. The government of art and culture, the government of politics, the government of banking and finance, the government of education, it shall be upon his shoulder. But if you and I are not going to stand up and enter into that space, or probably support somebody who chooses to carry the bold mind, and that's why for some of you who know me too well, I support your political moves. Whether you are in party that is corrupt, because you are there, you can change that party. I declare this morning under the sound of heaven every force is fighting your frontiers every force is fighting your manifestation i cause that forces from the root in the name of jesus we need to show up we need to be responsible and take the bull by the horn we can't constantly be crying and be praying and yet when it comes for us to put our leg on the water we are so afraid thinking that we are going to descend imagine if daniel chooses you and I know Daniel too well. Imagine if Daniel chooses to say he wants to sit back. Daniel would not have been two, 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 what's it called? Four times prime minister in the realm when, when Nebuchadnezzar was ruling. Four times prime minister. This man, he was there fighting and making sure that he upholds. To the point that even the president could tell that Daniel is not for party. Daniel is there for the job to be done. My question to you this morning, are you there for the job to be done? Or you are there to vote party? I'm not a partisan. For example, I'll use my country, for instance, Nigeria. It's painful for me because why? I've always been a PDP fan. But by the time I'm in my mind, it's like how Paul said. Paul said, when I was a child, I talk like a child. I do all those things. But now that I'm old, I drop those charities away. There is this party called People Democratic Party. Love the party. All of a sudden, the party for a good 15 or 19 years in Nigeria, they make mockery of that country to the point that even up till now, the country has not recovered. Why? Because of what PDP did. PDP corruption enters so well to the point that Nigeria pain at this moment is because of that political party called PDP. We thought that APC would come and change the same thing. Buhari and his team messed it up to the point that they are all telling us, Boko Haram, Boko Haram, Boko, are you for real? To make matters worse, all of a sudden, the ruling party decided to say, Chris, and this is why it pains me, because I want you, the reason why this service is like this is because I want you, every one of you, after today's service is over, this is me, your prophet speaking, go and look for something that you can do to make an effect in this continent. Stop sitting at the backside. You are too loaded to place more. And that's why I like this man called David. David was angry. I'm too loaded for me to be at the wilderness, for me to be at the bush, taking care of cattle, sheep, and goats. The Bible said the guy showed up at the battlefield where real negotiations are happening. Where kingdoms are changing hand. Where powers are shaking hand. And David got angry in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 17. He showed up at the battlefield. 
Many of us as believers, we want the rested life, but we don't understand that the rested life comes with a certain level of battle to fight for the rest to be a guarantee. When your God showed up in Genesis chapter 1, he came to fight a battle. When Jesus showed up, he came to fight a battle. The Holy Spirit showed up. He's helping you and I now to fight the battle because rest is guaranteed. And for that battle to be really be fought and be won, we have to show up like our master show up. And one of the things that to my story of PDP and APC, now the political, one political party in Nigeria now is telling us, and this is, an, and guess what? I really don't blame that man. I don't blame him. Because why? We as Christians, we have shot ourselves so much on the feet to the point that even as Christians, we don't even know if we trust ourselves. Haven't you heard people say this statement? I would rather do business with unbeliever than do business with Christian. Is that supposed to come out of our mouth? Let's be honest. Let's, let's, say, let's say some certain truth to ourselves. Can that statement supposed to come out of our mouth? Can it? Can it? That you rather prefer to do business? Ratosh Efrana. Unfortunately, constitutional automatically disqualified him, pastor. Oh, okay. They said they disqualified him. Thank you for letting me know. But now, this is the thing that, 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 that annoyed me. As much as they disqualify him, it's okay. But this is where my problem is. And thank you for giving me that feedback. And this is where my problem is. As we as Christians, if we don't show up and begin to assist ourselves and begin, <laughs> you know, you know, you know, ma, thank you for sending me this one. The Holy Spirit just said this to me. Do you know that if it's the other, the other tribal religion, they will fight the constitution? They will. They will fight. As unfortunately as this is and as this is painful as it is, they will fight. But guess what? I remember as I was watching, seeing some certain comments coming from pastors like my kind who are saying that, no, he doesn't fit. And I'm sitting there in tears in my eyes saying, what kind of insult and mockery is this? The PDP, the APC in Nigeria says the reason why he doesn't want to have a Christian party, a Christian deputy president with him is because Christians don't think. Ah! That statement, that statement slapped me. And I, I don't blame him because why? When he could see that we as Christians, we, we like competition, we like fighting. We can't come together for us to say we want to build a Tower of Babel. We can't. We can't come up to build a Tower of Babel. I'm not saying that we, we, we are trying to, 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 to build a, a monument to heaven. No. All I'm saying for us to come together and build something of significance that the world will hear us. Let's be honest. Let's, let's ask ourselves a question. Why would the church door be closed during COVID if because the church was not really actively involved in government? Because if the church was really actively in government, they could not, they would not have been able to close the church. Not have been able to close the church. I came this morning as we begin to go into my thought this morning. As we begin to look at the life, the person and the ability of Christ, who happens to be a frontier. With all of my discourse for the past 20 minutes, to make you understand, is the fact that if the government must be on Christ's shoulder, the day you gave your life to Christ, that responsibility falls on top of you. Oh, hear me, Kanisa, that responsibility falls on top of you. Oh, hear me, Mamumpo, that responsibility falls on top of you. Oh, hear me, Costance, that responsibility falls on top of you. Pizzo and every one of you currently streaming, all of you, the responsibility falls on you. If South Africa fail, we fail. Christ did not fail. Because everything to make a frontiers, it has been given to us. And so with that being said this morning, the life of Christ doesn't permit smallness or a life of zero. John chapter 20 verse 21. John 20, 21. John chapter 20 verse 21. The Bible says there, uh, it says, Then Jesus said again to them, He says, My peace I give to you. He says, As my Father has sent me, so sent I you. 
Jesus was making us that there is a certain level of peace that has been given. And so that peace he has given it back to us. But guess what? In that place where the peace, he says, for the Father has sent me as a frontier. And I'm going to be defining what frontier means in first, what's called in a few minutes from now. As the Father has sent me as a frontier, so sent I you. He was making us to understand that you are not supposed to sit at the backside. You are not supposed to watch and all of a sudden just because you are born again and you are trying to pray all manner of fortification. Do you know why I know that sometimes our prayer of fortification may not, and hear me, may not really work. If your next door neighbor has not been able to capture the effect of your Christ, you are still in trouble. You are still in trouble. If your next door neighbor have not been able to capture the effect of the Christ in you as a matter of bringing solution on the table, you are still in problem. Because why? They may not be able to break into your house, but you have no clue which houses that they can break into, that the people may call you and it will affect you also. So just because your wall is fortified does not mean that your auntie, your uncle, your grandparents, who they are not in that house, they are also fortified. We need to understand that the life of Christ does not permit smallness. The life of Christ is not a zero lifestyle. The life of Christ is a life of influence. It's a life of, of dignity. It's a life of changing the narratives. It's a life of rewriting the story. It's a life of being a watcher as the team of this event that we are doing. You stand and you begin to declare. And you begin to show forth yourself the way Christ has actually ordained you to be. It says even so. John 20, 21. John 20, 21. It says, as the Father has sent me, even so sent are you. My dear, hear me this morning. You have been sent by God. You have been sent by God. You have been sent by God. You are not a small boy. You are not a small lady. You are not a small man. You have been sent by God. An investment of his life is currently on your inside. Pulling all manner of possibility. John 17, verse 18. John 17, 18. He says, as thou hast sent me into the world, he said, even so, I have also sent them into the world. John 17, 18. He said, for as you have sent me into the world, which means every born again child of God is sent. The life of Christ does not permit you not being sent. The life of Christ, does, it does not play that kind of a game. It doesn't. John 3, 16. John 3, 16 uh, and verse 7, 3, 16, 17. John chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. He said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Now, this is where it gets interesting. Verse 17. He said, For God has not sent his Son to this world to condemn it. He said that, by, he said that through him that the world might be saved. So, which means Jesus, God sent Jesus as a frontliner. He sent Jesus as a frontier. And we're going to be looking in a few minutes from now. What does this frontier mean? And what are the attributes that guarantees you as a frontier? Because you are a frontier. I'm building up this moment before we get to that point. You are a frontier. Ability for you to come because you are sent as a deliberate agent to make a dent that after your time is over, we should not be able to recover from the kind of work God is going to do through you. We shouldn't be able to recover. We should not be able to recover. We should sit back and wonder that you don't just only protect your family, but at least you protect South Africa. South Africa may be too big for you at the moment, but at least you protected your community. You protect your village. You protected your province. You came up with a, some certain level of influence that by the time men tried to trace you, they could see Christ as the center of your focus. 
The reason why the Bible is sweet is because when we look at the likes of Daniel, looks at the likes of Nehemiah, look at the likes of Joseph, looks at the likes of Gideon, Esther, we could see the Christ in them, but yet they were actively involved as the frontiers, making moves and changing the narratives. Making moves. See, hear me. Let me say this to, 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 to break some certain things in people's mind. If you think that this, if you think serving God is to put food on the table, you've really not served God. You've really never started start serving God. If you think serving God is to be able to heal you from the sickness and diseases alone that you have in your body, then clearly you don't know what it means for you to be in this kingdom. I think it's the book of Matthew chapter 6 verse 33. It says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God, which means it talks about seek ye first the systems, the oppression, the dynamics, the power and the glory. And for lack of better word, the grandeur of that kingdom. It says seek that first. The food you are looking for, the Bentley you want to drive, the stain city you want to stay in, the business you want to start, the ability for your body to be fine. He said, all those things will be taken care of. But that is the first thing that is needed. Seek ye first the kingdom and every other thing that you need will be added to you. So serving God in this kingdom or living the life of Christ does not mean only that it's a life whereby it's just raising the sick, healing and all that. No, those, those are... Let me bust your ego again. Re healing the sick. Like the woman who came to meet Jesus, who the daughter was sick. She classified healing the sick as the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Which means healing the sick is the one we all of us are running to go and pursue. If you can just capture the life of Christ in you, the sickness in you will sub it will submerge itself to the God on your inside. The principalities and power, they have no dominion over you. If you can carry and capture this life of Christ we're talking about, if you can just carry that reality, all this one you are going to prophet X, prophet Y, apostle Z, bishop A, um, Pope 92, whatever, major 77, and all those names, you know them better than I do. All this one is because you've not captured the life of Christ. When you capture the Christ that is on your inside, you will not be looking for people to lay hand on you. You will be the one laying hand on people. Because why you now understand that healing is the crumbs that fall from the table. The Bible says, it says healings, they are children's bread, not adult meat. Children's bread, not adult meat. Do you notice that when you are giving bread to your children, it's not you who is eating the bread. Also, you know that that bread is just an appetizer. You want to sit down with some serious pap and steak. You want to sit down with some serious seven-course meal. But for the children, you give them bread. So pursuing healing, miracles, signs and wonders, all this drama that they do in churches, pursuing all that, my dear, you are still participating in the children's bread. Your business should be at the top of the table. Determine what needs to happen. Your business should be at the top of the table. Rewriting the narratives, adjusting the status quo, and making God seem the way God needs to be. Do you notice that when we talk about prosperity, the first thing that comes to your mind is a circular word. Why? Because they have succeeded in painting their God the way their God looked like. But us as Christians, when somebody all of a sudden just decided to buy a Bentley and post on social media, we, the Christians, are the ones going to shout, ah, he's, uh, he's too proud. Why can't he keep his Bentley? The Bible says, let not a left hand. You begin to quote scripture according to your own weaknesses. Because that's what I feel. Just because you can't achieve it. And hear me, every pla hear, platform family, hear me. This is your prophet. If God has blessed you, live your life. Don't apologize to anyone who wants to. In fact, like my wife likes saying, block your comments on your social media so that it paints them well. Block your comment. You can't be apologizing for the blessings of God upon your life. You can't. 
You have come too far to allow somebody who is sitting by a community center hanging on one hospital Wi-Fi and commenting about your life. If they don't know your story, they have no business talking about your glory. If they are not submissive to partake in, in how you got to this point, they have no business. Hear me? Don't, don't. Stop this. this whereby our God is now looking as if he's a mockery God. Do you notice that it is when they want to do humility without it, that's when they call Christianity. But when they want to talk about life of influence and affluence, your God is minus from it. And yet the Bible says, Psalm chapter 24 verse 1, the earth is of the Lord, the fullness, the world, and the habitat, everything. And yet we are not displaying that. My friend, show your things. If he pain them, let it pain them. It is their pain, not your pain. If they are complaining, it's your problem. Block them on your Instagram. Deactivate comment. Because why? Your God wants you to live a life of a frontliner. I've said this several times without number, and I'm still going to say it again. Every member of Platform Church, including you now joining, you are not a small boy. I am not here to pastor a weak community. I'm not here to pastor people who be afraid of taking the mountains and showing the God. I'm not here to pastor that kind of people. I'm here for me to show you that as much as we can pray, as much as we can fast, as much as we can speak in tongues, as much as we can lay hand on the sick, we can also sit in parliament. We can also be in the boardrooms. We can also start the automobile company. We can also, I declare this morning, by the prophetic grace of God upon my life, I jet every one of you right now to begin to manifest the life of Christ. I declare to you now, begin to manifest all that God has put on your inside in the name of Jesus the life of Christ the life of Christ Paul got it right <laughs> oh yes Paul got it right <laughs> and that's why he literally says I'm living the life of Christ how did he say Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 Galatians 2 verse 20 the Bible says Paul was making us to understand. It says, I've been crucified with Christ. I know that you don't see me. You are trying to find out how my business is making progress. How my career is making progress. How come is it me that everybody is liking him? I've been crucified with Christ. The darling thing you used to know is dead. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. He said, the life I live now is not the life of flesh, but I live by the faith of Christ who loved me and gave himself for me. I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. Paul understand that if I have to make this thing work, if I have to be a frontier, I no longer leave. I no longer leave. Indirectly, if everything that you are about to do or everything that you are planning to do after the service is over, it's only about I, then you are not really living the life of Christ. The life of Christ is not the life of me, myself, and I. It's not a life of me, myself, and my family. It's a life of deliberately making a dent and changing the narratives. It's deliberately entering into the marketplace and rewriting the story. It's deliberately going into the place where you know you can perform and put your feet on the door and let them understand that Jesus has appeared. Jesus has showed up. I'm here to solve the problem. I'm here to answer the query. I'm here to do because why? That's the life of Christ. It is the life of Christ. It is the life of Christ. As we begin to go down and begin to look at the acronyms of frontiers, let's quickly look. What is this life we're talking about? When we talk about these frontiers, who are the frontiers? Who are the frontiers? Who are the frontiers? As you're doing that, as I'm giving the definition of frontier, please give me 2 Timothy chapter 2, 19 to 21. 2 Timothy 2, 19 to 21. Who are the frontiers? Number one, the frontiers are the line drawers. 
and the border separating. They are the line draws, the border separatings. They, these are the ones that have decided to say the line has come. To this point, we draw the line here. Enough is enough. They are the line draws. They are the line draws as long as it is to advancement or probably closing patterns. They draw line to either for advancement or close patterns. Those are frontiers. Remember this morning we're looking at the life of Christ. It bracket the frontiers. The frontier. They are the line drawers. Number one was a man called Jesus. You know the story of Jesus. Jesus came to draw the line against sin. Saying enough is enough. I put an end to you. If Jesus can come and live a life of putting an end to this very particular thing called sin. You have no business for you to think you want to put an end to just your own self-life. If it's not going to affect a community, you are not ready to be a frontiers. If it's not ready to, if it's not going to solve the problem of the xeno, what's called xenophobic, Afrophobic, name of the big, down to gender-based violence, where the women's month, and all of a sudden I was listening to the news, there is another killing again. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Another killing again of a woman. Why? The frontiers. You need to stand up and say, begin from starting from me, I draw this line. As much as you are drawing the line from your family, you draw the line for everybody. I draw this line. They are line drawers. Jesus draw the line. It got to a particular point. A man I love so much and I'm praying God all the time to raise that generation. It's called, it's called what's called Nehemiah. The Nehemiah generation. Who says I draw the line. My father's wall has decayed for too long. It is high time for me to show up and begin to solve that very particular problem. It is high time to show up. David also was a man who drew the line. You have been mocking my family. Uh, what's called First Samuel 17. You have been mocking my family, mocking my nation. Do you notice that David could sit? He could, after all, his brothers and his elder ones, they were actually in that very particular, they were part of Saul's army. He could sit back and watch and watch Goliath make mockery of his nation. And yet he was a born again Christian child of God. He could have sat down and just, and do nothing. But because he understands that I'm a frontliner, he understands I'm a frontier, I'm a border, I can stop things and I can also allow things. I can end stuff and I can change narratives. And David, the Bible says, David decided to show up in that very particular place. My dear, frontliners show up. They are show up. Number two, who are frontiers? Frontliers, you hear me use the word frontliner, frontiers, the same thing. Who are frontiers? They are symbol of authority and represent new movements. They are culture shapers and narrative maker. Number two, they are symbol of authority and represent new movement. They are culture shapers and narratives maker. Now, guess what? As simple as this, second definition, if you don't find yourself as number one, representing new movement, shaping the culture, and rewriting the narratives, you've not entered into the frontier line. You've not. I know that this morning sound as if, okay, this pastor is, I promise you, I'm, 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 I'm eager to see you. I was saying at the Davidson family when the other day, I said, at this level of my life, I need a pencil because I want to draw. I need a pencil. The same thing also, God needs a pencil. He wants to write the narratives. He wants to change this African continent. But if we as believers are sitting down watching the others do what they do, and yet we are sitting here in the churches praying and fasting, binding the devil, thinking that that's all about what we are doing, we need to go back to the drawing board. Literally, go back to the drawing board. You must understand that they are symbol of authority. They represent new movement, culture shapers, and narrative maker. 
you know, there's this man that comes to my head. His name is called Samuel. We got to see, I mean, um, what's his name? Um, Saul, who later became Paul. We understand that Saul was a religious fanatic. He was a strong guy. All he was, Saul understand that I can't, guess what? Remember that time that he hasn't given his life to Christ. He has not encountered Christ. And there's this thing about him whereby I just want to be a frontliner. And God by himself could look like, I like this thing. See, God like frontliners. There is no advantage with God for you being poor. There's no advantage. There's no advantage with God for you now couching or probably cowering inside your house. Say, I'm afraid. There's no advantage. No advantage. No advantage. And with this man called Saul, when God saw that this guy, I like this, your frontliner mindset. But let me help you change the narratives. Let me help you. And all of a sudden, we got to see with the life of Paul that when Paul captured the reality of a frontliner, till tomorrow, you and I, we've not, we've not finished exploring this man called Paul. Every time you go to the to third of the New Testament, you'll find the signature of a man who says, I refuse to die small. You'll find the signature of a man who says, I refuse to remain the way I was. You'll find the signature of a man who literally was blinded to the affairs of this world and only focused to the frontline personality that he is. The frontline personality that he is. Remember that frontliners? Let me look at the scripture this morning that I say she gave me. Thank you. Oh, le grenes ifinata. I know. I, you know, I just love you too also. I love you too, professionally. I love you. Today, I'm just, I'm just in my own. Uh, if they don't know your story, they have no business talking about your business. Yes, they have no business. They have no business. Now, let's look at this. The Bible says in the book of 2 Timothy 2, 19, it says, nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure. It says, he seal, it says, having his seals. Now, look at what it says. He said, the Lord knoweth them that are his. You know, when I saw this scripture here, the Lord knoweth them that are his, I got panicked. Hey, God, I hope you know me. I hope I'm not sitting down thinking that just because of, and hear me, just because, I don't like saying, but I'll say it, just because I'm in Nigeria does not mean that I don't have right to make a mark in this country. Nobody can take that right away from me. No, nobody. Only person who can take the right from me now is God. Not even my biological parents. Nobody. He says, the Lord knoweth them that are his. He says, and everyone that, everyone that nameth the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. But guess where the, guess where the big problem happened in verse 20? He said, but in a great house. He says, there are, there are only vessels of gold. And he said, there are not only vessels of gold or silver, but also vessels of wood and some to honor and some to dishonor. He said, if a man therefore purges himself from this, he said, he shall be unto it shall be unto honor, sanctified, and meet for the master's use. If the man will be ready to purge himself, to purge himself, he says, and prepare unto every good works. But guess what? In this great house, there are vessels of gold, vessels of silver, which means inside the house of God, inside the church. Do you notice that not every one of us in the church are stars? The one you are jealous of that is currently now the technical department head of department or probably the one that is head of usher. You are sitting in the pew there and you are angry. Why must it be this person that has to be the head of... Why are you not there in the department? Why are you not there? Why are you not there? The spirit of frontliners. The spirit of frontiers. You don't sit back and wait for somebody to hand over the... the for lack of better, to hand over the job to you. You go take what belongs to you. See, they say life is not fair. I hear you, but why must it be fair? Are you the only one on planet Earth? You have to make your mark by pushing yourself. 
Life is not fair. Why must it be X, Y, Z, and Co? Why must it not be them? Do what they do. You get what they get. Be made available with the information they have. You will do what they are doing also. Stop all this. Let's go back to the scripture because I want to go back. It says here, let's look at verse 20. It says, but in a great house there are vessels of gold, vessels of silver. It says also there are vessels of wood. It says, but if the man, 21, if the man pours himself indirectly inside of you, there is a frontiers on your inside. There is a frontliner spirit in you. But if you are not going to purge yourself, guess what? This purging business is not God's business. I know that we like saying, God do, God do, God do. Some of the thing is you do. You do. It says work out the salvation that has been given to you. You walk the walk. If you're not going to walk, be vessels of wood and be vessels of silver. Let those of gold and those of honor, let them do their business and stop complaining. Why must it be X, Y, Z? Why must it be P, K, Y? Why must it not be them? Are you part of that very particular folks? I came this morning to provoke somebody to make you understand. You are a frontliner. You are a frontier. If your Jesus is a big boy, if your God showed up and also need to show up, enough of you looking for miracle signs and wonder, be the miracle. Enough of you looking for prophet to lay hand on your head, be the prophet. Enough of you going around, knocking one prophet door, trying, you've all turned prophet to Sangoma. Stop that nonsense. And focus on your God. Focus on your Christ. And begin to run your race like the champion that God has made you to be. Run your race like that. Run your race like that. Run. See, many of us as believers are confused. Not because God is not giving us direction. It's because we are listening to voice that has confused us out of the will of God. We are, uh, um, one minute you listen to this pastor, no, be content with what you have. The next minute you to this pastor, you can go. You come to Platform Church. Platform Church says now, you, you are a platform. Run your life and go. Then you see that you are confused. Find one. Sit down and begin to make your way out of that. He says, if any man purge himself, the place of you to purge yourself, enough is enough. There is more to me than this chicken I'm currently eating. Why must I be the one buying the chicken when I can start producing the chicken by myself? Why must I be the one that when, if the food finish, they are, they, they, when they want to give toothpick, I'm the first person to give toothpick, but when the food is on the table, they don't call me to participate. Why must I be the one if the man purge himself? If the man purge himself, if the man purge himself, he says it shall be a vessel of honor, which means vessel of honor is already on your inside. The ability for you to be used by the master, that capacity is in you. But if you will purge yourself enough, and guess what? The purge starts from renewing of your mind. Renewing of your mind. Renewing of your mind. I'm tired of playing small. I'll say this again. I'm looking for pencils. Let's rewrite the narratives. Let's paint Africa the way Africa needs to be looked at. Let's stop allowing the other people to tell our stories when we have good story writers in this continent that can tell the story the way it needs to be. Let's stop that. Let's stop sitting back and waiting for somebody to give us approval for what God has already approved in our lives. Let's stop that and begin to take responsibility of what belongs to us. If a man purge himself, if a man purge himself, if a man purge himself, my question to you this morning, are you going to purge yourself? Remember point number two? I say frontliners. Frontliners number two. I say they are symbol of authority who represent new movement. You know, funny enough, 
Isaiah chapter 43 verse 19. That scripture just came to my head. Isaiah 43 verse 19. The Bible says, Behold, I will do a new thing. It says, Now it shall spring forth. He says, shall you not know? He said, I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. But this is where that scripture is very tricky. He said, behold, I will do a new thing. If your mind is still on old stuff, God is still limited to perform new things in your life. Literally. I will do a new thing. But if your mind is still on old stuff, God is still limited. It is still limited. You have to become a, you, you, you have to purge yourself to a certain level where if God is saying to you, go to Timbuktu, Find yourself, carry yourself to Nigeria. You are not because you know that there is a dimension of God that he can do a new thing. Who said that good things cannot come out of Nazareth? Are you the only, do you from Nazareth? No. Just because I'm born in Nazareth does not mean that good thing can come out of it. But you can change that narrative. The ability for you to change the narrative and shape the culture. If all you are trying to do is to escape through 9 to 5 job, you've not started living. Oh yes. If all you are doing, if the thing you are doing is not giving you sleepless night, you've not started living. You've not. It must give you sleepless night. For some of you, after we finish service today, go back and look at your vision plan. If your plan is me, myself, and I, clean all, write the world. Write, clean all, me, myself, write the world, and think from that side. Your God is a global God. You can't live a local life. Your God is a global God. You can't live a local life. Your God is a global God. You can't live a local life. Your God is a frontier. Your Jesus is a frontier. Holy Spirit represents a frontier. You currently now, they are waiting for you to show up. You must be willing to change narratives. Number three, what does it mean to be a frontiers? The fact that the frontiers, they carry burdens of society and insist that change is done. They carry burden of the society and receive and, and, and insist that change is done. They carry burden of the society and insist that change is done. Either by themselves or by a collective group. Either by themselves. Number one, we saw this woman called Esther. Which is powered by his uncle. Thank God she even listened to the uncle. Powered by the uncle Mordecai. The society of them, the Jews in that community... They decided to take it. A frontier don't sit because the president did not give them approval. Who was the president of the Jew? There? They have no advantage. Their president at that moment does not even like them at all. And all of a sudden, Mordecai and Esther say, if it has to change, then it is up to us. If it has to change, then it is up to us. Another man who decided to carry the burden of his community, his name is called Gideon. In the book of Judges, Gideon, when the angel appeared to him and said, that mighty number of valor, guess what? The first thing he did was to complain. Where is the God who delivered us from Egypt? Who delivered? He was narrating stuff because the pain and the burden. Now it makes sense why the angel located him. Those are the criteria. The burden you carry for your nation. The burden you carry for your people. The burden you carry for the believers. The burden you carry for unbelievers. If you are going to sit back and be a couch potato, sorry, you can't be part of the watchers that God wants to use to rewrite the narrative. You can't. You can't. You can't. You need to understand that for you to be a frontier, number one, quickly, is the fact that you must be a line drawer and a border separating personality. It ends here. Number two, the fact that you must understand that you are a symbol of authority and you represent new movement, culture shapers, and narrative maker. Number three, you must understand that you are a burden carrier of the society and insist that change is done. It can either be you or collective group of people. As we begin to go down, what are the characteristics of a frontiers? 
Now this will begin to give you a lenses of what the characteristics of a frontier look like. What are the characteristics of a frontier? For example, you've heard me say this several times without number. It is going to be a cheating to me. And I know it's not because God hold me ransom for not doing that. It is going to be a cheating to me if I die without seeing that African borders is falling. I know you don't want to hear me say that. I'll say it again. It is going to be a cheating to my generation and a cheating to my children's generation if I don't initiate the plan that the borders of Africa come down. Enough is enough. These guys came into our continent, put borders, until tomorrow we've not recovered from it. That's, that's, that, that's where we have all this Afrophobic, xenophobic, and all the bickies that is bickering everywhere, left, right, and center. Because why? Somebody chooses to just continue to pet it. So, I'm, I'm, I'm saying, there, saying here with all humility, AU, African Union, they failed us. I don't care. They failed. They failed us. Whether it is Sadek or whether it is, oh, what's, what's, what's the other in Nigeria? Ecowax. Whatever their name is, they failed. They failed. I want to see my generation yet on board. And this is me saying it now to all the global platform listening to me. If the fathers that are currently living, that are sitting in position, that don't want to make that change, hear me? Your children will be disappointed that you have opportunity of giving them a business mindset of arranging their life with 1.3 billion and you limited them to 60 million. They will not forgive you even in your grave. They will not. They will not. Let this be in record today that somebody started this very particular talk. Enough is enough. The border must fall. The Bible says the earth is of the Lord, not the South Africa is of the Lord, not the Nigeria is of the Lord, not the Polokwane, not the, what you call, not the Zambia, not the Kenya is of the Lord. The earth is of the Lord. Borders go down. The other day I was watching a particular program on TV, my wife and I, and I was sitting, I was just looking, I was laughing. From one place in America to another place, the time zones there. Ah, in Africa, we are struggling with just two time zones. Two. Two. The time zones in. Have you. Go and check America and see. And yet, they are the one telling you in Africa, no, keep your borders. They come, they, they, they come, bring one currency in South Africa, mess up the currency, go to Nigeria, mess up the currency. Go, look at Zimbabwe, mess up the currency. Because they know that as long as we are divided, it is easy for them to conquer us. And guess what? They are succeeding. But watch the space. God is raising the new frontiers. The ones that will remove the borders of Africa and say enough is enough. The gospel of Christ must be preached easily. I was speaking to some lady the other day. She was making me to understand the reason why she can't travel to the country she wants to go. Guess what? She wants to go and preach the gospel. The reason why she can't go is because they says uh, there's no visa. There's no visa permit. I mean, no, no religious. Is it religion permit or religious permit? I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> as funny as that is, it is not sweet. It is not sweet. What are the characteristics? Quickly, let's look at it as we begin to bring my thought to a close. Characteristics of this. Number one, there's a fact that a frontier, number one, must be futuristic. You must be futuristic. God wants to empower you beyond your current limitations or advantages. He wants to empower you. Number one of a frontier is the fact that you must be futuristic. The Bible says concerning What's it called? Concerning um, God himself in the book of Genesis 1, 26. The Bible says, and God says, let us make man in our own image. He said, let them have dominion over the fishes of the seas, over the fowls of the airs, and over everything that creepeth upon the earth. God was futuristic. God was futuristic. Let us make man in our own. Look at all the future times that God was doing for man. I decided to start with a scripture. If you say you have your father God, do your father businesses. If your God is your father, you've accepted Jesus. This morning I came to provoke you. Pro 
if let me say my I came to provoke you. That's what I came to do. Came to provoke you. If God is futuristic, you have no business thinking today. You have no business thinking now. You have no business thinking about the past. It is time to think of the future. Look at 50 years from now. What do you want to see if God keep you alive? Do you want to still see the same thing that is happening? Or you want to see that in your time, you can change the narratives? I know for some of you, you are living per day, per time. Enough of, let's be honest, per day, per time you are living. What has it done in your life? Has it increased your, has it increased your bank account? No. Then begin to think future. And let's see if the money for the future will not come today. It will. He says, let us make man in our own image. He says, and let them have dominion over the, God was futuristic in his mind. When Jesus showed up, Jesus came, was futuristic. I'm going to die. That's it. He says, he says, I have come that they may have life. He was future in his thinking. That day, you and I may have life. Future. 2,000 years is come and gone. But yet, we are still that day may have life. That day may have life. And have it more abundantly. Futuristic. 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 He was talking about futuristic also. When he made us to understand concerning... Concerning what's it called? Concerning Jeremiah. When he was speaking to Jeremiah and he was trying to make Jeremiah understand, Jeremiah, if I have to do something for you, you have to see the future. If I have to make a dent for you, you have to see the future. If the angels, like the angelic assistants for this month, if it has to come to pass, you have to see the future. You must see the future. And the Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 1 from verse 11 and 12, the Bible says, and God was trying to paint a picture for Jeremiah. Jeremiah, I want to do something for you. Don't just think that because you came out from Nigeria or you came out from Limpopo or you came out from Secunda or you came out from Kunu or you came out from Gramstown. No, don't think that. There is more to you, but I need you to see what I want you to see. I've said this several times. If you see what God see, you will act the way he, he, you need to act. If you see what God see, you will act the way God wants you to act. Many of us are not futuristic and yet we want a God who is a futuristic God to work with us. It's not going to happen. Even me as a human being, I won't try that. I won't. I run, for example, by God's grace, I run a couple of businesses. I don't think that with my common sense, common, I will, have, I will employ somebody that all they are thinking every time they come to my office is what they will do now. I'm telling you we want to increase the finance of the company to X, Y, Z. We want to expand and you are not particular about that thing. Ah. I'm not that nice. People know me. Those of you who work with me during the you know me. I'm not nice. I fire you there. That moment. That moment. No. CCMA can't come and call me. No. I didn't want paying the salary. I'm the one paying. No. Futuristic. The reason why some of you are not even growing in your business, growing in your works of your hand, you are not giving your boss anything that looks like future. When last have you sat down with your boss and asked your boss, boss, what are we doing in this company? Can I come up with an agenda for the next five years? And I bet you try that tomorrow on Monday and see how your boss is going to look at you. No boss want to work with people who are... No, no boss. I'm sorry. No boss. No boss. You think the president, what is happening in South Africa, you think he's happy? Let's be honest. The compendium of the people around him also contributed to his failure. I don't care. It is not him. Mr. What's it called? Mr. Ramaphosa, sir. With all due respect, I love you. I celebrate you. Your people have around your space. They also contribute to your failure. They contribute. He is not omnipresent. The man, the man only works with what is on his table. He only works. So before you blame the president, blame his advisors. What are they advising him to do? As we're talking now, possibility that he's in one place sitting there. He doesn't know Darlington sitting here currently now. He doesn't. And yet you expect him to meet the needs of Darlington. How about now? He's not omnipresent. Relax. 
But guess what? Your ability for you to understand that if you can see the future, President Ramaphosa wants to do something for this nation, but the people around him, they are constantly giving him something now. And as much as, yes, that part mm, is his own fault also. The part of, sir, when you were coming, what do you wanted to do before? What plan did you have for South Africa for the, for the next 10 years? Next year, there are going to be an election, 2024, right? Is it next year or two years from now? Sometimes I get confused with the date because Nigeria is next year, so my head is now on Nigeria own part. But let's say when he was coming, what does he want to do? Look at how Buhari came. All I just want is my turn. The country has gone down. <laughs> and yet Christians are trying to come up. And we are saying that no, Christians should not govern. Well done. Well done. Genesis chapter 13, 14 to 17. This was a story of, G, I mean, of, of, of Abraham. Abraham, when Lot left him. Genesis 13, 14 to 17. When Lot left him, God was looking at Abraham and saying, Abraham, I want to do something with you, but you are not futuristic. Your eyes are not seeing where I want to take you to, and I want to push your mind to see there. I want you to see farther than where you are seeing right now. I want you to see Mozambique, see Ghana, see Nigeria, see Togo, see Burkina Faso, see America, see California, see, see Hong Kong, see China, see, see all, see all. He said, for as far as your eyes can see, he said, that will I give to you and your children. So which means your future scene determine if your children will participate in that very particular future. Your future scene. You've heard me say this several times without number. A future you don't see. You have no business featuring in it. Let me say it again very slow. A future you don't see. You have no business featuring in it. So stop showing up on people's future. Stop it. You are a criminal. In fact, as a matter of fact, you are a highway robber. You did not, you did not participate in their future and now you want to feature in their future because they've arrived? No. You are a 419. Let me say it like it is. You are. A future you don't see. You have no business featuring in it. Until you can picture the future, you cannot feature in it. Until you can picture the future. Let me ask every, hear me today. Let's leave president. Let's leave parliamentarian. Let's leave all the guys that are running South Africa. Let's leave them. Or now that we're sitting. What do you see about South African future? Let's start there. We are believers. What do you see? What do you see? What do you see? And if all you see is doom, change what you are seeing. Change it. Because clearly you will feature in the doom. If all you see is pain, change what you are seeing. Change what you are seeing. I came this morning so that, so that before we put responsibility on the president, let's also, also carry the responsibility. Let's carry the responsibility. I said it several times, I don't remember, especially in the place where currently now God has helped us, we are trying to build and structure and put us. I said it to them point blank. I said, I just need some of you here to partner. We will change the narrative in this community. And guess what? It's happening gradually. Gradually it's happening. Because why? I can't serve a global God and not have a future for the things I'm doing. Never. It is not in the DNA of the life of Christ and ability and personality of Christ. It's not there. It's not there. Mark the statement. Number one, futuristic. A future you don't see, you have no business featuring in it. And until you can picture the future, you cannot feature in it. Point number two. What are the characteristics of a frontier? There's a fact that they are resilient and they are resourceful. A frontier is resilient and they are resourceful. These take no for an, they take no for an answer. They carry the spirit of a fighter and they do all they can do to remain on top of their game. They carry the spirit of a fighter. They take no for an answer. 
Not in my watch. Not while I'm still alive. Not while I'm still existing. Not when I'm still breathing. This cannot happen. Not in my name. And you keep, because why those are, the, they are resilient and they are resourceful. Second Timothy chapter 4 from verse 7 and 8. Second Timothy chapter 4 from verse 7 and 8. The Bible says here concerning Paul the Apostle, he was writing a letter to his spiritual son called Timothy. He says, I have fought a good fight. Let's pause there. Which means for him to be a front. Now we see why Timothy, what's called why Paul wrote to Todd of the New Testament. And it was not just a writing. It was the message of grace that we've not decoded until Jesus come. To Todd, he wrote it down. He said, and he said, I did that part from a standpoint of being resilient. That not in my watch that this gospel of Christ will be made mockery. My question to you, is it in your watch that your company will fail? Is it in your watch that South Africa will fail? Is it in your watch that this continent of Africa, it will remain in a dark age? Is it in your watch? It says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my race. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my race. It says, I have kept the faith. It says, henceforth, there is a crown of righteousness that is laid upon me. Because why? He knows that he was a resilient guy. He was a man that was resourceful. He was a man, anything that I must do to make it work. Anything. Okay, let me put a bracket. Anything in Christ. Because I say anything now, some of you now, before you now. <laughs> anything. Anything that I must do. As long as my life, I still have the air to breathe. Guess what? Paul was in the prison. And yet he was still doing his work. The prison did not limit his mindset for him to think. Many of us think that the environment where we find ourselves is what is making us not to be re resilient or probably not to be resourceful. No. Your environment should not be the thing that closes you. It should be the thing that empowers you. I, you know, I've said this several times, I don't know, but I keep saying it. If you see where I came from, you will understand my resourcefulness and my resilience. That very particular place does not give me a future that is glory. Does not show, it does not show it. It does not. Google Ibadan. I-B-A-D-A-N. Google that place. Google. Google. Many people have mocked us with this pronunciation. Google. You know. Yeah. Google. Like G-O-O-G-L-E. Yeah. That one. Google Ibadan. Let me see. Ibadan, Nigeria. And see the rustiness of that very particular city. That's where this your pastor came from. But I know that I know that they tell me there's a future. There's a future bigger than this. I can't be Christ and live a life of crisis. There is more to me than what I'm currently seeing. You must be. We also see a man called Joshua and Caleb. Joshua and Caleb in the book of Joshua chapter 14 from verse 12 and 13. Joshua 14, 12 and 13. It says, I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I have kept the faith. Ah! Can this be somebody's testimony after this service? That I have fought a good fight. Which means it has to be a thing from a standpoint of fight. I have fought a good fight. I have fought a good fight. I have fought a good fight. Joshua chapter 14 verse 12. Joshua 14 12. The Bible was talking about this man. It says, now therefore give me this mountain. He said, whereof the Lord has spoke in the days. For thou hadest in the days how the Anakims were there. He says that the city were great and fenced. He said, if so, let the Lord be with me. Then I should be able to drive them out as the Lord has said. Joshua was angry. I mean, sorry, Caleb. Caleb was angry at this very particular time. 
because they missed it in the in Deuteronomy. They missed it because that was when what you call Moses sent them to go and spy the land. The tribe of them came back only to say it is well able. The order says we cannot, and it affected him. But this time, he says, "Give me this mountain, this mountain of 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 of, of media. Give me the mountain. This mountain of government. Give me the mountain." The guy was angry. He was resilient. And guess what? While he was going to fight, he was resourceful. All the skill to fight. He has it. He has the skill to fight. He was a fighter. It's only us in Christ that we see that we avoid, we, 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 we are afraid of fighting. My dear, your God is a fighting God. Jesus, fight. The Holy Spirit is still fighting. Don't you know that? I haven't forgotten that when you pray. Holy Spirit, help me battle the, everyone, every arrow, fighting my life. Fight them back. Fight them back. So he's fighting. You also fight. Because it's quite easy for you to say Holy Spirit fight. You want Holy Spirit to fight and yet you just want to sit down with Netflix and popcorn and just be eating popcorn. Holy Spirit, just fight my friend. He's looking at you. Really? They've not entered the house yet. You must be resilient. You must be resourceful. If frontiers are resilient, they are resourceful. Right now, look at your house. What are the things that you can put together to start that future you desire? It may not come from the money that you are expecting. It may not come from government. It's okay. But there is something in your house that is very important. Ask the widow and the oil. She thought nothing was in there, but the oil was always there. But she just was not just resourceful to see that the oil can actually pay the bills that she's currently going through. Look at it and begin to say, it is time. My family is fine. You know, by the time I married my wife, we talked. I think of recent, somewhere around this month or last month, we also talked. Babe, this is what I was born to live for. If need be, I'm still born to die for it. If need be, she knows. She knows. She knows. What are you willing to live for? The future you desire? Your ability to be resourceful and resilient? And number three, the O. What is the O? The fact that you create opportunities. A frontier always have an eye for opportunity. You go everywhere, you see opportunity. For some of you, you are going to pray these prayers by the time we're done. Lord, open my eyes to see opportunity. As a frontier, opportunity everywhere I show up. Opportunity. Opportunity. What did I say? Opportunity here. They understand that not everyone is like them. They create, as, they create opportunity as they are pint finders and culture shapers. They create opportunities. They go places, they create opportunities. They know what to do at every point in time. Opportunities is their lot and portion. Opportunities. Opportunities. One person we can look on a circular note. His name is called, what's it called? Late Nelson Mandela. By the time, during the period, I think by the time I now discover that ANC has been existing, he was just one of the comrades and stuff. But the likes of, what's his name? The likes of Oliver Tambo, the, the, the founding fathers of ANC, they created an opportunity bigger than them. And when, what's it called? When Nelson Mandela joined the party, you look like a forerunner. You look like a frontier. Front this for us. And in the, guess what? But the founding fathers created the opportunities. My question to you, if you call yourself a frontier, what opportunity are you creating for the next generation? Or you are just sitting down there, just doing you, yourself, and you. Or you are going to make a vow and say, after this service is over, I'm going to create an opportunity. We see, apart from Nelson Mandela's and all the fallen heroes, we see a man in America known as Martin Luther King Jr., he says that one day he understand that America will be governed by black and Barack Obama was the reality. My question to you is that what dream, what opportunity are you creating and you know that it may not be your time but I will put my life to it as a frontier. Guess what? Jesus died for being a frontier. If dying needs to happen, so be it. 
So be it. After all, we are all living a borrowed life here on planet Earth. We are living a Let's be honest. All of us were in the marketplace. Oh. Let me say it like in Nigeria. We're in the marketplace. We are buying and trading. One day we'll go back home. We are all in the marketplace. We are all. Can we then finish and say, I have fought a good fight? Can we? Can we? And you know, there's this very particular saying I have in my life. If I have one hour to live, what would I do now? That's how I say to myself. Okay, for some of you, like a one hour. Okay, that's, that's, that's too extreme. Let's say I have one day to live. What will I do? Ask yourself that question. And I bet you, you'll begin to live a life of a frontier. If I have one day to live, one month to live, don't take it one year, just stay for one month, one day, one week. If I have one day to live, one month to live, one week to live, what will I do different today? I bet you, you will enter into the space of a frontier. You will enter. The ability to create opportunities. He says, I have come that they may have life. John 10, 10. Jesus said, I have come. Indirectly, my come here is to create an opportunity for you to have life. Remember, we're talking about the life, the ability, and the personality of Christ. I have come that they may have life. He was a frontier, but yet gave us opportunity. A frontier always creates opportunity. They always create opportunity. They always create opportunity. They always create opportunity. The Bible says in the book of John chapter 1 from verse 11 to 14. John 1, 11 to 14. He says, and he came unto his own, and his own received him not. He said, but has many that received him. He said, to them he gave the opportunity. To them he gave power to become. Which means a life of Christ, always a life of Christ as a frontier, creates opportunity for people. Point number four. I hope it's number four. Point number four. Okay, I'll use the word, the letter N. What does the letter N mean? The letter N mean there. It means no negotiation. No negotiation. Your ability for you to make it a point of contact. The ability for you to say, this that I have done, I am not looking back. No negotiation. What does a frontier do when it comes to the no negotiation? Is the fact that what they set their mind to do, they go for it. And avoided every negotiation that would take them away from that core. What they set their mind to do, they go for it. They go for it. Let's be honest. Two years ago, when I think two years ago at the peak of 2022, yes, two years ago, at the peak of COVID-19, peak that time, and God said to me, son, start. I promise you, you don't want to hear, if you don't want to hear my negotiation, God in COVID, who is coming to church? Like this guy, like, but guess what? The more he's still saying, the more it was impressing in my heart. I was seeing what he wants me to do. I could hear him clearly. I could see why he says, come. There is more to this. I'm not calling you to be like one of those. There is a new voice that I want to around. And I'm using you as a porter to erat that very particular voice and stuff. When I capture the reality to tomorrow, I've not recovered from it. Because why? It's a no you can't talk me out of this place. You can't. The only person that can talk me out is God. Not even my beloved wife, as much as I love her. Not her. Because why? It gets to that point whereby you can't negotiate it anymore. No negotiation. The Bible says in Luke chapter 9 verse 62. Luke 9 62. Jesus was speaking to the disciple. He says, if anyone put his hand on the plow and look back. He says, such a person is not fit for the kingdom of God. If anyone put their hand on the plow. If anyone says, I want to be a frontier. But yet look back and say, ah, this thing is hard. You are not fit for the kingdom. You are not fit. So which means stop saying, God, use me when you know you don't want to be a frontier. Stop saying, God, do miracles in my life. And God is saying, the miracle I want to do in your life, if I tell you now, carry your bag and go to Limpopo, you will tell me no. So there is no need. God loves you to the point that he won't kill you. 
And so if he noticed that you can't pull off, he will not stress himself. He will leave you, carry that assignment, give it to somebody else. He will. He will. All this one, we like send the gift and calling of God is without repentance and co. I hear you. You are right. But guess what? The Bible also still makes us to understand that if he gives you a talent to trade and you are not trading with a talent, he takes that talent and gives it to somebody that is, that is willing to run the race. There are many of us, our talent has been shifted. And yet we are saying that no, the gift is still there. Are you running the race? There are some of you, you will enter into the race and all of a sudden, instead of you to become the forerunner, you become a duplicate. Because why? You came late. You came late. You came late. The rested life message I'm preaching currently now. Possibility that somebody refuses it along the line. And boom, God find me. Chances are. Because why? In this kingdom, is a shared dominion. It's a shared glory. Nobody is a superstar in this kingdom. The superstar is called Christ. Nobody. If I wake up tomorrow and say no to platform, God will not have hypertension. He will not have sleepless night because I am not that important. He can pick somebody else again tomorrow and say run the rest life for me. He can pick them. He can pick, my dear, don't, 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 don't sit comfortable and thinking that God is waiting for you. No, he's not. Oh, my dear sister, God is not waiting for you. You are the one that should be chasing him. He said, ask, it shall be, seek. You are the one seeking and you are the one knocking. He is not waiting for you. He is a moving God. He's a moving God. He has left. You are the one thinking that, no, God is sitting with you inside your house watching Netflix with you and popcorn. No, he's not doing that with you. He's gone. There is business he's doing on planet Earth. Your ability to say, my hand is on the plow, I'm not looking back. No! Negotiation. First King chapter 19, verse 20. First King 19, 20. First King 19, 20. The Bible says, yeah. It says, so Elisha left his oxen and ran after Elijah and said, please let me, let me kiss my father and my mother goodbye, then I follow you. Then go on, Elijah replied, for what have I got to do with you? But what is this story making us to understand? Elijah understand, Elisha understand that if I have to make this, it has to be on a platform of negotiation. And the Bible says that Elijah did, Elisha did not bother. He ran and followed that guy. My hand is on the plow to take what this man carries. This man is a future prophet. His ability for him to decode possibilities in the nation. And this is the thing here I want to say to every one of us who carry the title of a prophet. Hear me, I'm not coming here to slander anybody. If our prophetic grace, he, this is me. If our prophetic grace, our apostolic grace, our pastoral grace, our teaching grace, and our, which one is the last one? Evangelical grace. If our fivefold grace cannot answer to the decay of what this continent is going through, let's go back and ask God what he called us for again. Honestly. If all of the grace we call, if it's not communicating to thy kingdom come on earth, then let's go back and ask God, did you really call me? Or I picked the call from a missed call point of view. If all, prophet Elijah, Elijah, Elijah was a, he was a porter. He hold the economy down for three and a half years. Hold it down. Elisha showed up. He also hold the economy down. By this time tomorrow, a bread will be sold. But he, he hold the economy down. And that's why for me as a prophet said, my business is to empower you. Enter there. We are going. I am your Moses at the top of the mountain, holding the staff. Go down there and fight the battle. Let me see who will kill you. It's not possible. Not under my watch. I know it sounds like arrogant, but I boast in the Lord. Not under my watch. Not under. When Moses lifted up the rod, when what's called Joshua and Caleb were fighting down there, when they were fighting at that very particular place, did anybody die? No. Not under my watch. There's some certain 
covenant that we carry that if as long as you can enter that space and fight i am standing at the mountain mentioning your name day and night you must win if i have to suspend the sun and the moon from going down so be it but you must win you must win no negotiation the bible says in philippians chapter 3 verse 13 paul the apostle was saying i do not consider myself to have taken hold of it he says but one thing i do forgetting that which is behind and looking forward to that which is ahead of me. Point number T, the T. What does it mean to be a frontier? What are the characteristics of a frontier? Number T, dear, the fact that you are trustworthy. Oh, yes. You are trustworthy. People's souls and life is trusted with you. And you don't take advantage of their vulnerability. You are trustworthy. Remember, we are talking about the life and the character of Christ's ability. Christ never took advantage of anybody. He didn't look at people and all of a sudden begin to find a way of looking at their bank account and what, what, like, okay, if I want to do this, I do this. If I want to carry this, I, you know, yesterday I was saying to my, my wife and I were talking, I was laughing. I said, in me that I know myself, in me that I know. Yeah. If not because two things that changed me, one, God, two, because I'm married. <laughs> I would have been very extreme. <laughs> but guess what? In my being extreme, I was saying to my wife that I have to give you that very particular trust that this husband of yours will not complicate your life, will not cause problem for you, but at the same time, Christ will be seen at every place. I, was, I think yesterday, if I may, yesterday or two days ago, we were having that very particular chat. Because why? The frontiers are always trustworthy. They are always trustworthy. They are always trustworthy. And there are three things, or probably your trustworthiness is in three forms. Three forms. On how your trustworthiness can be, number one, your trust to God. Your trust to God, number one. Number two, your trust to the people. And number three, your trust to yourself. Your trust to God, Genesis chapter 18, verse 19. Your trust to God. This is God himself talking to, can God really trust you? Can God look at you and say, Darlington, I trust you? Can you say, I trust you? Mammon, I trust you. Constance, can God put his hand on his chest if need be? Let's say we see him and say, no, I trust you. Can God say that concerning you as a frontier? Forget, uh, see, I think with all I'm saying of this frontier, if you just want to sit down and just do your own small boy life, you are fine, no. Hear me, you are fine, you are fine. You will make heaven, but as far as marking a mark on planet Earth is concerned, write yourself off. You are not part of that candidate. Remember the scripture I gave you, in a great house, there are vessels of gold, vessels of silver, vessels of honor, and vessels of dishonor. Yet we are all in a great house. So just if I'm talking of this frontier, you're like, I want this man. I just want my bread and my tea. It's okay. The Bible says God is the one who gives seed to the sowers and also bread to eaters. So he can still give you bread to eat. But if you want to be a sower, he can give you seed to plant, to grow. That's the same God we talk about. So number one, the place of your trust, can God trust you? Genesis 18 verse 19, this is God making a testament concerning what's called a man called Abraham. It says, for I know him. God is saying to Abraham, saying to the angel, for I know him. For I know him. For I know him. He said that he will command his children and his household after him. He says that they will keep the ways of the Lord and to do justice and judgment. You were there, you are in the service, we have the, the month, we have our month for justice and judgment. I think it's the month of June, if I'm not mistaken, June. He said to do justice and judgment. He said that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of him. So if he can bring that which he has spoken to Abraham, 
It must be on the standpoint of his trust for Abraham. My question to you this morning, can God trust you? The trust for the people. Can the people, can the people trust you that you can serve them? Can they count on you? Can they count? Oh, you are also there for your own pockets. Oh boy, every man for himself, God for us all. That's a demonic statement. I'm sorry. As sweet as that statement is, every man for himself, God for us all. You know, we live in a time, we live in a days where everything is about me, myself, and I, me, myself, and I. Nobody is talking about anybody anymore. Nobody. To the point that you even get shocked when, some of you get shocked when you see some people do help. They help somebody be like, you are wondering, don't you have a problem? Must, you, must I have, must I have, what's called? Must I be okay for me to help somebody? No. I don't need to be 100% fine. I don't need to have 2 billion in my account to help. Can the people trust you? And this is one of the big problems we are currently facing in our community. One of the major decades we have experienced as a people is a lack of confidence and trustworthiness from our people. Confidence and trustworthiness. This has produced leaders with no accountability and also stripped the fiber of growth and development within our country. No accountability. People can, the moment you are putting leader there, you tell them, leave this one again. Just leave in two days. He will, backfire, he will backslide. And boom, two days. Even the leaders, they are going there. They know you don't trust them. They know. Because when they know you hold them to accountable, when they know that if you mess up, we will toy toy in front of union building. They will, they, they will not sleep at night. For them to become, you know, I think it was two days ago. I was looking at, I was watching the news, the ANC conference of recent, please remind me. ANC conference, there is, this, there is this one that is happening in the Northwest, if I'm not mistaken. And there's these three leaders that are vying for the position of the ANC chairman in that place. And the previous ANC chairman is also coming to become an ANC chairman again. Ah, I think his name, if I'm not mistaken, his name is called Supra Mahupel or something like that. I was sitting down for the man looking at the news. <laughs> in my mind, I'm like, really, sir? It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. You and I know what happened to that, comfort, that, that community when he was a premier. You know. We know. And you are still coming back. Guess what? Because why? He knows. People don't, I know you don't trust me, Uncle, but I will fight to enter here. There is something I want to do. That if I enter here, it will give me that fortification where I can. I will be untouchable. I will be untouchable. Have you asked yourself the question why he left? And now he's coming back again to say he wants you to vote for him and yet you still want to put your thumb on that paper. Do you see the people's trust? The decay we are facing us because we've thrown away this thing called trust. Let's just put them there. At least let them be there now. It is better. At least it's better for them to be there than... You know, there's this statement we like saying as a church. The devil you know is better than the angel you don't know. You know that statement? The devil you know is better than the angel you don't know. <laughs> You know, there's one day I started to think of that. I said, no, that statement is, that statement is a, for lack of a better word, is a, is a, is, is, is a manipulation from hell. The devil you know is better than the angel you don't know. What stop you from finding out of the angel? Ha! The devil, you know this is a devil and you sit with the devil. I don't know who did that to you. It ain't happening. They tell me that that's an angel and I don't know the angel. I, I must know you by force. The devil you know. Is better. It can be. Not for platform member. Not for all of you. No. No way. Mm -mm. I, I reject that from you. Let me do like Nigeria. I reject it. It can be. There is an angel that you don't know and you say you don't want to know the angel. Bah. Ah, number three. Let me just pause there. Number three. Remember number one said your trust to God. That is God trust for you. And the trust of the people to you. And the trust to yourself. 
Do you trust yourself that you can be a frontier? Do you trust yourself that you will not cave? You will not crack? You will not break? Number I. Remember we are looking at the title, we are looking at the acronyms, frontiers. Let's look at the I this morning. What is the I? A frontier is innovative. A frontiers, they are always innovative. These are people that have mindset, they find ways to set to anything and make sure that it is done in an innovative way. They are innovative. All these innovations we are seeing currently, your phones, your gadgets, your 3D, 5D, all the Ds that we are currently seeing. Trust me, Christ, we have all those things. The problem with us is the fact that we are busy attacking our fathers and our mothers, attacking the witches from our village, and the technology part, we are not attacking it. We are not. A frontier. Haven't you noticed in the book of Isaiah, the Bible says concerning a man called Uzziah, that Uzziah was marvelously helped. He says he built in Jerusalem engine. The guy was so innovative. He was just building, building, developing, building, developing. He was a frontier. He was a king. He was a fighter. He was building all manner of stuff that fortified his community. But guess what? The day he began to say, now I have arrived, that's the day he started coming down. And the same thing also applies to life. The day you begin to cause the thing that takes you there, that's the day you begin to come back. You begin to find yourself. And it, it's not, it has nothing to do with whether you're a Christian or a Muslim. The day you bite the hand that keeps you there. That, remember that something lifts you to this level. The day you bite the hand, the hand is out. You are down. You are down. So don't come and start saying that it's a one enemy. Go and check the hand you bite. You have to be innovative. A frontier is innovative. When they bring that proposal for you and they say, please help me dust this proposal. Do you, do you sit down and come up with strategic plan? After you finish, you write on the proposal, please check the back note. And on the back note, you come up with innovative way on how your department can function. And yet, you still do their job. But at the back of the paper, innovations are there. And the people are looking at you. Are you sure it's the same proposal I gave you? Like, yes. So, but like, why did you give him? You would have put your own and removed my own now. Like, but, but guess what? That innovation has created an edge for you. They are innovative. First Samuel chapter 17 verse 40. First Samuel 17 verse 40. This was a story of David. David was so innovative to the point that he noticed how he managed to how he managed to craft his skill to use a stone to kill a man. Ah! I know that many of us as preachers, hear me. We've preached that David just carry a stone. You know, the, the way we preach that preaching. <laughs> Is that David just go to the stone, just picks to just do like this, like this, and just throw it, and God carry the stone and throw the stone and hit his head. Boah. It's a lie. Yes, it's a lie. If you check your story very well, David was skilled with the stone. Do you know what he said to um, Saul? So that place where we think that he just carried the stone and just threw it, and God now picked the stone and began to hold the stone and was running with the stone and now put the stone on the head. No. It was coming from a standpoint of his competence and being innovative. So it has nothing to do with the grace of God backing the stone. It has everything to do with his competence and his innovation. Do you hear what David said to the king? In the previous verse, what he said to the king? When the king wanted to give him all those very particular robes to wear. He said, I have not tried this. David was a master slinger. He can throw a sling from here to Limpopo, from Rodeport, and it will get there. He was a master slinger. So the guy came with his skills of innovation. He was skillful. He was innovative. He picked the stone. If not so, if 
Anybody could have. Why is it not that everybody would have thrown their own sling and the thing would have? No. It was a skill. The, the guy knew all the guy grew up. He grew up with catapult. He grew up with five. He grew up with stone. He knows how to manipulate stones. My question to you this morning, because this is a hardcore message that for some of you, you need to come back again and listen to it. Don't just carry your stone, your, your, your stone and your throw it when you have not mastered how to throw that stone. The reason why many of us have not cracked it yet, we've not mastered how to throw our stones. That part of the throwing the stones, it's your responsibility. God part is to see that as you throw that stone in the marketplace, the stone, and guess what? You must throw it with all precision. You can't be throwing the stone here and you're looking at you shock it, God knows where. David was skillful with the stone. He was skillful. He was skillful. We've, we've, we've come and we lied to you to say, no, if you just pick one stone, don't throw it. And we begin to tell you, no, he picked five stones, which means J-E-S-U-S. -S. Nonsense. He picked stones. That's all that was there. And as he picked the stone, he knows this is what I can do. My business is to sow. And I will sow myself, find myself in the corridor of the palace. My business is to make big cake. I will bake cake for the king. And I will bake it well. He was so innovative innovative you must be innovative on how to become if you want to be a frontier innovations must be part of your head jesus was so innovative to the point that when he got up from his grave he folded his cloth that's how innovative he was he can come up and tell you that no i'm, a, I'm the king of kings now and just stand up and go he was so innovative to the point that he folded his cloth while he's when he, while, while he was leaving the grave so innovative to the point that when he needed to feed five loaves of bread and two fishes guess what he, he would have told them the remaining one just throw it. He developed a basket to capture the harvest. There are many of us, our harvest are throwing left and center. No basket that is capturing the harvest that comes in. Innovations. Innovation. 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 You must be innovative. Every leader is looking for innovations. Every captain of industry, everyone we are looking for innovation. And guess what? It has nothing to do with your praying and fasting. Nothing. That part is your discipline to sit down and make that work for yourself. You have to sit down. Point number E. What is again? That these very particular frontiers is the fact that they are energetic. Oh, frontiers are energetic. <laughs> I remember from the way I'm talking, if I didn't say it, you wouldn't know because my energy is very high. The way the enemy wanted to play games and I said, not in my watch. Never. I will fight you with everything that I have. Never. Health challenge just wanted to show up. I don't know whether it's changing or whether or whether it's changing, or whatever. I said, ah, fight it. Fight it. They are energetic. What is the energetic there? They know the reason why. And from that very particular reason, energy is being supplied. Why am I doing this? The reason why you get tired most time, this is me saying this. The reason why we get tired most time doing what we need to do. We don't know the reason why we need to do those things. If you know your why, the energy will show up. Jesus knew the why he came to die. That's why no matter how, even when his sweat was breathing out blood, he never stopped praying. The Bible says he went to pray three times. Three times he was going back. He was praying. Blood was coming, but I'm still here. I want this message. And he was praying as I die and I resurrect. Let this gospel of salvation, let this God. And he was praying. And yet blood was coming out of his body. Energy. Energy. Many of us don't have the energy because we don't know the reason why at first we are doing what we are doing. Luke chapter 2 verse 49. Luke 2 49. A man called Jesus. He says, why do you seek me? He says, I'm busy doing my father's business. He didn't call. Do you notice that we are the one who call it church? <laughs> I was saying to a particular man of God the other day we were talking. 
I said, it's very funny whereby we are the one who named the church. But from the 12 years old, we saw Jesus. Jesus says his father's business. It's a business. The church is the business of God. The same way the government is the business of this world, the church is the business of God. The same way whatever business you do and call, the business of God is called the church. It's a when you have that understanding that it's a business, you will pay every price to see the father's business progress. Many of us are not seen as a business. That's why we can just rock up anyhow, disappear. No. No. Joshua chapter 1, 7 to 9. Joshua 1, 7 to 9. My time is really running out. Let me quickly begin to bring this thing to a close. Joshua 1, 7 to 9. This was a story of God himself talking to Joshua and was telling Joshua when Moses has passed on. He says, be thou strong and be very courageous. He said that thou mayest observe to do according to the law which Moses has commanded thee this day. He says, and if you do that out of you now obeying all that my commandment, he says, you shall find your way prosperous and you shall have good success. He now says in verse 9, have I not commanded thee to be strong? Have I not commanded thee to be courageous? It is a command God has commanded us. It is not something that you begin to shout and begin to say, Lord, strengthen me. The strength is in you. Stand up. The reason why you are complaining that you need the strength is because you are not moving. Start moving and you become, you'll be so shocked. The energy will come. Start moving. Carry that project and start writing. You want to write the book? Start writing. Open the first page. Page one. The theme of the, the title of this page. Whatever it is, start writing. I bet you, before this week, you'll write 10 pages. Start writing. You want to start a business? Start it. Start by going to CIPC. Register it. Be energetic. Begin to find your why and the energy will come out of it. Find your why. Every time, no matter how maybe my body wants to play tricks on me or maybe I'm tired and stuff, because I know the why, God wants you rested. And because of that, I sit down, pay the price, study, read books, read material, listen to tapes, study the Bible, pray, put down the message together. Because why? I know the why God wants his people rested. And so because of that, the rested life already gives me the strength to appear before you day in, day out. And yet I don't get tired. I don't get tired. I don't, if we finish service now and you tell me, let's, let me come back again by 12, I'll still preach. I don't get tired. Energy comes because why? I know the why. A frontier always know the why. They know the reason why they are doing so. Out of that, energy pops out. Energy pops out. I don't know who you are, but I see God crowning your effort today with an amazing success in the name of Jesus. Oh, I declare it again one more time. I see God crowning your effort with amazing success in the name of Jesus. The RDA. What does the RDA mean on the frontier? It means the rich set goals. The rich set goals. The rich set goals, which means whatever is committed into their hands or whatever they decide to do, they reach it. They don't just stand and stop. They finish it. They finish it. How do I know? When Jesus was about to give up the ghost, the Bible says there, the Bible says, and Jesus says, it is finished. They finished, said ghost. They don't stop halfway, they finish it. When God created the earth, the Bible says, and after he finished creating it, he rested. He finished the job. It, it, it did, Jesus, God did not need to come back again and begin to put some knots. Okay, no, the knot has loosed. You know, it's over 2,000 years. Do you know that if God come and say, okay, no, the earth has moved, we'll have and we'll, we'll give him a... It's more than 2,000 years old. At least that's from Jesus. All those ADBC and all those ones, all those BC, 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 we don't even know those BCs. Before they even start with 1 BC, what was there before the 1 BC come, we don't know. 
What was the BC for Adam? We don't know the Adam BC. <laughs> if, if the earth moved, we would have given God excuse. Ah, oh boy, you still don't turn now. The earth supposed to move. But guess what? He finished it so well to the point that he doesn't need to come back to repair the earth again. They set goals and they finish it. They finish. Jesus says it is finished. My question as you begin to as we begin to bring my thought to a close. What are the things you want to front this season? This is a preparatory service message to the watcher service that we're going to be having next week. What are the things? For some of you now, you need to begin to sit down and write down down. I mean, we're going to write them down. I want to see this happen. My prophet has said to me that it is time for me to have a future mindset. It is time for me to begin to, 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 to reach out for goals and begin to push myself to be resilient and resourceful. It is time for me to begin to create opportunities. I know I'm looking for opportunities. Now let me begin to be an opportunity. A frontier is an opportunity. It is time for me not to negotiate anymore. I've negotiated too much. For some of you, you have overconsult. I will not forget the message of um, Pastor Marilyn when she preached the message. Many of us will like consulting. You've consulted to the point that they've even consulted you out of the dream of God. They've consulted you out of the will of God. No negotiation. For some of you, you need to now become trustworthy as I'm going out. I will trust God and God must be able to trust me. And also the people must be able to put their life in my hand and yet they can go to sleep and their life is still there. And also myself also need to understand that the trust is guaranteed. And also I must be innovative. What are the innovative where I want to send this message? As a frontiers, what are the innovative where I want to package this very particular Christ in me? What are the packaging that I need? What are the, for lack of better, what are the PR, the marketing, the strategy, the, the, the idea, the consultant, the coach, the people I need to bring together, innovations. What are the things that I need to make them a reality? And the energy, do I have it? If I don't have it, let me begin to develop it. If I eat too much of burger, reduce it. If I sleep too much, reduce it. If I complain too much, reduce it. Then also the ability to reach your set goals. And when you reach your set goals, you must be able to finish it. Finish it. And the S means, what does frontiers do? They stand out. They stand out. Oh, frontiers stand out. Proverbs 22, 29. It says, see thou a man diligent in his business. See a man diligent in his business. See a man diligent in his business. He says he will stand before king, which means he will, be, he will stand out. When you see people stand out, check their diligence. When you see people resort, check their story. When you see people making mark, check what they are currently marking behind the scene. When you see people rising, check what is trying to keep them down and they keep stepping upon it and keep moving. See yes, that way man diligent in his business. He shall stand before kings and not mean men. One example of the story as we begin to go and pray. On Thursday, on Thursday we have service, I will give you the challenges of a frontier because my time is fast spent. I'll give you challenges of a frontier and also begin to wrap it up as we prepare for next week this thing. Challenges of a frontier. I'll give you that on Sunday. I mean, on Thursday. Genesis chapter 41, 33 and 39. Genesis 41, 33 and 39. This is a story of Joseph when Joseph was in the prison. Thank God that the guy was in the prison, yet he managed to make himself an effective visionary. He managed to crack his brain that I'm in the prison does not mean that my life must be in the prison. Just because I'm in the prison doesn't mean that I don't have the prime minister status. 
Just because I was born in Secunda or probably born in Soweto does not mean that I don't have the life of a California or I don't have a global mind. Just because I was born in Lagos, Nigeria, or probably born in Kumasi, Ghana, or probably born in, 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 in Dobsonville, Soweto, or whatever, does not mean that I don't have a global. He stand out. Don't let your life be in the prison because you are in the prison. No. The prison is just a way past. It's a drive-thru. Why do you have to park at the drive-thru when the highway is still clear for you to get into the highway? Get into the highway and become a frontier. I'm here this morning because I'm joining my faith. We're going to be praying this morning. We're going to be praying two prayer points or three prayer points to push ourselves and to say it is time. The life, the ability, the person of Christ is the fact that he is a frontier. And now I know I am also a frontier. Genesis chapter 41, 33. Genesis 41, 33. It says, Now Pharaoh, now, now therefore Pharaoh should look for a discerning and a wise man and set him over the land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has made you know all of this, there is no one discerning as wise as you. You be the leader. Most, I mean, what's called Joseph got to that point of result, to that point of being a frontier. By being number one, he was futuristic. Joseph represented the futuristic. How do I know? He gave that very particular Pharaoh a solution for the future. He gave him a seven years plan, futuristic. Number two, with the life of Joseph is the fact that Joseph was resourceful. He gave him how the, the, the methodology to make that very particular thing a reality. He gave him all the stuff that, okay, when these people, a portion of this will be brought here, blah, blah, blah. Joseph was resourceful. Joseph created opportunity for everybody, for them to become, a, which means from Joseph, people who were farmers that were losing profit, they begin to make profit. Joseph created opportunities for all. Joseph negotiated to the point that he says, as long as this prime minister position is concerned, until I die, nobody take me out from here. And he came up with an idea to the point that the idea was so strong that nobody could outweigh him. He was trustworthy. The king could trust him. Have you forgotten when he was in Potiphar's house? Potiphar left everything to him, excluding his wife. When the wife wanted to put herself in the hand of Joseph, Joseph said, you, not, not you. Uh -uh. Iski, plus you, minus me. You are not there. Don't bring yourself into my life. No, 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 no. minus me. You can do that with others. You can plus others in your life. Minus me. He was trustworthy. He was trustworthy. You know, this is what I believe. Why, why Potiphar did not literally kill Joseph? It was because somewhere in the mind of Potiphar, he knew that the wife was lying. He knew. I choose to believe. Because when you look at the law that time of that, if you are found with somebody else's wife, the punishment is death. Why was he put in the prison? Why? Why? I mean, I'm like, no, it doesn't make sense. I just conclude that the reason why the man did not believe his wife. Kai, this guy, he can't do this. He can't. He can't. He was trustworthy. He was trustworthy. He was trustworthy. He was innovative. Joseph was innovative. Look at the innovation. Tell me, what kind of software did he develop? Or what kind of chemical that will, pre that will preserve maize? Guess what? He said for seven years, the land will be fruitful. After then, the next seven years, the land will... So which means every year, he was saving the maize and the produce of the land. Which means, if they have to eat the other one at the 14th year, maybe they save it at this first seven years. Which means the chemical to sustain that maize for 14 years. He was that innovative to produce. Ah, you know, the believers hear me. We have a superior consciousness. We have a superior mind, mind called Christ. If only you can pull that. 
Now some certain begging, we are begging the world. We will not beg anymore. We will not beg. We will not beg. He reached his goal and he set it and he stand out as a prime minister. I want you where you are this morning. I want you to open your mouth and let's begin to pray. What is the prayer point? Lord, in any place that I'm found wanting this morning, as a frontier that you have made me to be, Father, help me. Ask for the help. And as you are asking for help, begin to tell God, God in this area, I know that I'm not futuristic. Empower me to sit down and begin to become futuristic. Empower me to be able to be resourceful. Let me be. God, help me. Help my infirmity. Be like that. Blind. Help my infirmity. Help my unbelief. I'm tired of local champion when I know that you are a global God. Open your mouth and begin to pray. La croche falata levrinosa. Lord, this morning, I call upon you today. Ligroto palesh, reketos genata baranashota, havinako parata ledoshota. Lord, this I be called as a frontier. I'm a frontliner. Somebody declare that I'm a frontliner. I refuse to be at the backside. In just one minute, begin to talk to yourself. Lord, every place I fall short. Every place I've lived the mark. Every place that I've removed my hand from the agenda you have called me. My prophet has stuck me back into your will. Lord, I'm coming back. He said, if you shall purge yourself. Lord, I'm purging myself of all the nonsense that I've accepted. I'm purging myself of my local mind. I'm purging myself of my selfish thought. I'm purging myself of playing small. Lord, I refuse that. Ratoske vreketeshilata. Avreke beletos ekranasa. Lekopa legodosh lekredes. Ekanosa branashide. Lord, I'm purging myself. Oh yes, I'm purging myself. I'm purging myself. I'm purging myself. I'm purging myself. Hagretosh evenata. I'm purging myself. Hagretosh egrineta. I'm purging myself. Anosh egrinesa. Evinatos egrinatos alata lekopanas halegos egrinata ledos evrinata. For somebody this moment, I want you to open your mouth and begin to say, Lord, fill me with a new strength, the new strength that I need. The new strength, I know that I've been sitting down too much, but now it is time for me to stand up. Lord, I seek for your empowerment. Forgive my laziness. I seek your empowerment. I seek your empowerment. It is time to be a frontier. I'm tired of playing small. It is time to show up at the battlefield. I'm tired of staying in the garden. It is time to be active. I'm tired of being in one spot. Lord, all that I need to make, all that I need to be, help me this season. And for some of you, begin to put your trust and say, God, if I've ever failed you, I'm sorry. Invest another new level of trust in me. I'm promising, and as you are promising God to be a frontier, please keep it. Keep it. Keep the promise. Lord, I'm promising that if, if I can stand up now, I will not look back anymore. Open your mouth and begin to put a trust back. Lord, I'm making a trust this morning. And I'm going to join my faith to pray with you. I'm making a trust this morning. I'm making a trust this morning that I'm standing to be the Christ. I'm representing myself as a frontier. I'm representing to change the narratives and to rewrite the story. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. I don't know. I just felt led to pray for this person. You are saying this morning that if only my pastor can agree with me concerning this very particular thing, I don't know how to do it, but I want to do it. I don't know how to go about it, 
but I want to go about it. And for you also, you've been praying and you're saying, Lord, this is what I want to do that, is, that qualifies me as a frontier. But yet it looks hard. I'm going to pray for the two of you today and I know too well that the God of the rested life, he will show up for you mightily in the name of Jesus. I want you to just put your hand upon your chest as I pray with you this morning. Heavenly Father, I thank you for these people. Father, when you reveal, you reveal to redeem. When you show, you show so that we can see the light. Lord, I speak upon the life of this one. Oh, Lord, Father, first this person who don't know what to do. They are tired of playing small, but there is more about their life and they don't know. Lord, I ask this morning, let the power of the Holy Spirit rest upon their life now and open doors for them in the name of Jesus. I declare that in the area of your confusion, I release clarity. In the area of your confusion, I release clarity. In the name of Jesus, I break every yoke of the devil, fighting your advancement, fighting your showing forth. I destroy them now in the name of Jesus. I pray for everyone this morning that is on this service. As you step out of this service, you will make name for God. <laughs> you will make name for your God. In the name of Jesus. For those of you that are standing up and saying, I am turning the status quo. I am changing the narratives. And I am rewriting the story. I declare that the angelic assistance becomes your lot this morning. In the name of Jesus. I declare this morning upon your life. That you are marvelously helped by God. Oh, I declare upon your life that your angels, they help you as you stand up in the name of Jesus. As you go out of the service this morning, as you pick your papers, as you pick the project, as you pick the future, as you pick anything that matters to your destiny, I declare this morning that everything that makes for it, I release them to your life in the name of Jesus. Oh, for everyone under the sound of my voice, I release the gift of men upon your life. I release the gift of men upon your life in the name of Jesus. I declare this morning as it's known as Activation Sunday. Everything that needs to be activated for your life to find rest. I stand as your prophet tonight. I declare be activated in the name of Jesus. I declare that this week is blessed for you. Oh, this week is blessed for you. As you step out of this service, you step into promotion. You step into increase. You step into opportunities. You step into high fly. You step into men giving you resources in the name of Jesus. Anyone appointed for death this week, I cancel that death in the name of Jesus. Anyone appointed for sickness, anyone appointed for hospitalization, I terminate that appointment in the name of Jesus. As you go out today, I declare Christ is formed in you. As you go out today, begin to display Christ. As you enter this week, you will talk like Christ, act like Christ, and you become a frontier for Christ in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, because we know that this is done. For somebody this week ready, that long-awaited miracle is coming to happen for you this week. 
that long-awaited miracle it is manifesting this week that long-awaited miracle long-awaited miracle long-awaited expectation whatever you have been waiting for a long time i pull it this week they show up for your life in the name of jesus thank you father because i know that this is done in jesus mighty name of praying and god's people say amen that's all we have for today, but be sure to continue listening to the Rested Life Conversations. At Platform Church, we are all about simplifying the process, providing solutions, and creating realities for you. If this message has blessed you and you want to be a blessing by supporting this ministry, please visit platformchurch.co.za. Platform Church, family of rest.